the Reynolds Aluminum Program with Fibber McGee and Molly. The Reynolds Metals Company, makers of Reynolds Aluminum, presents Fibber McGee and Molly transcribed with Bill Thompson, Gail Gordon, Arthur Q. Bryan, Jack Crucian, Paula Winslow, and me, Harlow Wilcox. The show is written by Phil Leslie and Keith Fowler and directed by Max Hutto with music by the King's Men and Billy Mills Orchestra. Every farm workshop and practically every home has a paint shelf. And there, right out front, handy to your reach, you should have a can of liquid aluminum. Because nothing protects and beautifies like liquid aluminum. With it, you brush or spray on a shining coat of armor, a coat of real aluminum. Brighten up your basement. Paint liquid aluminum on pipes, water pumps, furnace, ducts. They'll not only look bright, but they'll resist rust. Use it in dark closets and stairwells. Put a coat of aluminum on rustable gutters, fences, tools, and machine parts. And if your roof needs coating, get the special liquid aluminum with asphalt. It will make the roof last much longer, and it will reflect heat, too, keeping the interior much cooler in summer. Look for liquid aluminum with its gleaming foil label at your paint dealers. Made by many leading paint manufacturers using Reynolds Aluminum Pigment. Some people go to a doctor's office to ask for medical advice. Some people go there to ask for their bill. But here's a couple on their way there now, just to ask Dr. Gamble to dinner. As we join Fibber McGee and Molly. Well, I do hope Dr. Gamble can come tonight, McGee. Yeah, me too. I love to watch old Doc eat. He shoveled food in like his face was a furnace, and he was a fireman on a fast freight. <laughs> well, he does appreciate good food. Hey, after we see Doc, kiddo, you, you can take the car on home, okay, huh? I got a lot of stuff to do downtown. Okay. What do you have to do? Well, I'm going over to the bank and straighten out our statement for one thing. That'll take all morning. Oh, at least. Yeah. Last time I went to bat with them burglars with their mealy mouth and their grabby fingers, I showed them five big fat mistakes in the figures. Whose mistakes? Mine. <laughs> But they ain't going to bluff me, though. I'm going to walk in there and I'm going to say, Now, look, McDonald, I'll say, here's Doc Gamble's office. Hmm. Reception room is empty. I wonder if Dr. Gamble... Just have a seat, Dobby, will you? Oh, good morning, Molly. Oh, good morning, Doctor. Hi, base fiddle middle. <laughs> Hello, putty cheeks. If you scraped your finger getting pennies out of a gum machine again, don't come to me, because I warned you the last... No, 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 doctor. We just stopped by to ask you to dinner tonight. Yeah, steak and baked Idaho, stomach stuffer. <laughs> oh, will I take that, Molly? I thought he would. You may save my life yet if I live through the day. I'm really behind the eight ball today. Ha! Stop bragging, fatso. The eight ball ain't been built that's big enough for you to get behind. <laughs> What's the matter? Oh, the receptionist didn't show up today. She's sick. Oh? Huh? Got two patients in the rooms back there. 
appointment book's fouled up, keep running out to answer the phone. Believe me, it gets very confusing. I'll bet it does. I caught myself a while ago tapping the phone with a rubber hammer and screaming hello into Mr. Fogel's kneecap. <laughs> I'm not sure I can take a whole day of it. Oh. <laughs> Don't you have anybody who... Say, now, how about me being your receptionist? Be glad to. You, Molly? I'm no nurse, but I can take your phone calls and keep your appointments straight. McGee's going to be busy downtown all Yeah, day. I got a busy day ahead, Doc, but Molly's got nothing to do. Molly, you are an angel. How can I ever thank you for... Hey, wait a minute. What'll this do to dinner? <laughs> oh, it's no trouble to broil a steak. I'll do it after we close the office. Ah, women are wonderful. Well, here's how we run this, Molly. Yeah? When I finish with a patient, they leave by the side door, you see? Yep. When I press the buzzer, you send the next one in. Fine, I'll be okay. Now you go on back to your patient. Great. McGee, I'll see you at dinner time. Okay, Doctor. And don't worry about her. I'll drive her home. Okay. We ought to be out of here by five. Yes, Mrs. Cawthorne, I'm coming. Now you run along, dearie, and don't bother... What are you hanging your hat up for? I changed my plans. (laughs) I'm going to stay here and help out. You don't think I'd desert an old friend like Doc in his hour of need, do you? Oh, well, now, you don't need to stay. You I... run out on the dearest, truest, and by far the fattest friend I ever had. <laughs> no, sir. Hey, I wonder what he keeps in this filing cabinet here. Now, McGee, don't prowl through the doctor's private file. I'm looking for my card. Always wondered what he writes down about me. <laughs> now, but, dearie, those are cases... Ah, here we are. McGee F. You shouldn't be doing that. 1932, treated for mumps, both sides. <laughs> hey, I remember that. I looked like an ostrich trying to swallow a football. <laughs> Couldn't even talk. Ah, those were the good old days. <laughs> what else does the card say? 1934, removed thumb from bowling ball. <laughs> yes, thumb fun. Nineteen thirty-six. Patient dislocated jaw, trying to hold billiard ball in mouth to win a bet. One. Nineteen thirty-seven. Patient dislocated shoulder, trying to remove vest without unbuttoning coat to win a bet. Lost. Follows the pattern, doesn't it? Yeah. Well, I used to be quite an easy guy Uh-oh, with a bu- customer. Good morning. How do you do? I'm Tomlinson, madam, chauffeur to Mr. John J. Saxful. Oh? Oh, yes. Now, let's see here. Mr. Saxful is due in this morning for his flu shot. Quite right. Did you bring him? No, Mr. Saxful is busy this morning. I shall take his shot. <laughs> My gosh, you take the old man's shot for him? Quite. Uh, do you take them for him very often? Oh, yes, quite. Don't it make you pretty sore? Oh, quite. Well, you sit down over there. I'll call you when the doctor's ready. Thank you. Boy, these rich guys sure know how to keep well, don't they, kid? If you've got plenty of help to take the shots for you, you can take three or four shots a day, and that way you don't feel a thing after each shot. Oh, it's Mr. Wimple. Oh, hi, Wallace. Hello, folks. <laughs> Are you waiting to see the doctor? Uh, no, Miss Ogilvy isn't here today, and we're helping out. Well, the reason I came to see him, I was sitting up last night with a sick friend. Oh, and... oh my. Anyone we know, Mr. Wimple? I don't think so. He's a robin. A little red-breasted robin. 
He ate something yesterday you disagreed with him, and his little tummy is just in a state. <laughs> Upset, huh? Oh, I certainly am. No, I'm... Uh... <laughs> I had no luck curing him myself. I've heard that a hot toddy can settle the stomach, so I tried giving the little fellow a rim dipped in warm whiskey. <laughs> Well, uh, did the robin eat it? No, the whiskey seemed to affect the worm. <laughs> when the robin gave it a peck, it reared up and slapped him bow-legged. My gosh, a bow-legged robin with an upset stomach does need a doctor. But I'm scared Doc's too busy today, though, Wimp. I don't think he could be Well, I'll try some more remedies. If I just knew what it was that the little fellow ate, maybe I could... What it ate? Don't all birds eat the same thing? Oh, gracious no, Miss McGee. Some of them have very odd eating habits. Oh? For instance, there's a variety of heron that eats nothing but onions and sour cream. Really? Yes. It's known as the marinated heron. (laughs) But I think the strangest eating habit of all is that of the eastern Oklahoma down-they-go bird. Down-they-go bird. If you're ever in eastern Oklahoma and see a man clutching his trousers you know that a downy goo bird has been seen. Oh. Well, what does the bird eat? Suspended button. <laughs> Billy Mills in the orchestra and the Pagan Love Song. Put down the stethoscope and take off that white coat. 
I'm not hurting anything with this white coat. Gee whiz, Doc don't need it. He's got another one. I know, but... I'll get it, I'll get it. I'll get the phone. Dr. Gamble's office. You want a what? Oh, you got the wrong place, lady. Better try a lumberyard. Yeah, maybe they'll buy him. What was that all about? Some silly dame called the wrong number. Said she wanted to get rid of a case of shingles. A case of don't come, Molly. How's it going out here? Oh, just fine, Doc. Yeah, we're running a nice, clean spot here, Doc. The kind of place where the Mayo brothers wouldn't be ashamed to take their sisters. <laughs> where did you come? I thought you had things to do. Well, I decided to stay and help. You need me, boy. Oh, <laughs> fine. Where'd you get that white coat? Off in the hanger. That's my extra one, knucklehead. Take it off and get... Where'd you get that stethoscope? Oh, that drawer... Well, I'd unwind it from your spindly neck and stop prowling through my things. Okay, okay. I'm just trying to help. Look, Molly, yeah. the cleaner will be here this afternoon to pick up his suit. It's hanging on the back of that door. Oh, well, I'll see that he gets it, Doctor. Thank you. And, McGee, if you really want to help, yeah? my windows need cleaning. Oh? Crawl outside, stand on the ledge, and go to work. Hey, there's no ledge out there, Doc. Darn it, you would notice that. <laughs> Make him behave, will you, Molly? Now, you'd better get rid of the coat and stethoscope now, McGee. I'm not going to do it, and for Doc's own good. When people come into a doctor's office, they expect to see a guy in a white coat wearing a stethoscope and tearing up a cigarette. (laughs) You got any cigarettes? Of course not. Oh, dear, I wanted to give the doctor this note here. Now, don't touch anything, please, McGee. I'll be right back. Don't worry. I can handle anything that comes up. (laughs) You must think I'm a regular... Hello. Oh, hi, sis. Are you him? <laughs> no. <laughs> no, I'm not Doc Gamble, if that's who you mean. I'm, I'm just helping him out. Well, uh, I wanted to talk to the doctor about an operation. Oh. I'll come back when he ain't busy. Sounds pretty important, sis. What kind of operation? For my gallstones. Oh. Bad? Terrible. Well, stick around and maybe I can get Doc out here. Well, when do you want the operation? Oh, I already had it. Fifteen years ago. Fifteen years ago? Yes, I just thought it'd be nice to talk to a doctor about it. Oh. They won't listen to me at home anymore. (laughs) Bye. I know just how she feels. People do that to me all the time. Hey, look at all the medicine. Boy, I wonder what this stuff's for. Say, was that the cleaner, McGee? What are you doing with those bottles? Oh, I'm just looking at them. Here's a bottle marked suntan lotion. This one here says, take for insomnia. Yeah, I wonder if I mix them together, would I get a medicine that gives you a coat of tan while you sleep? Because <laughs> I can make a minute of money if I... Put, put those down. Okay, but gee whiz, I can't have any fun if you keep... Hello, Mr. Overby. Dr. Gamble. Well, hey, Molly. Hi, pal. Hello, Mr. Wilcox. Hi, Junior. Yeah, you and Molly waiting to see Doc, are you? No, I'm subbing for his receptionist. McGee is just furnishing apples. Yeah, where do you hurt, son? Tell old Doc McGee. Oh, <laughs> there's nothing wrong with me. <laughs> yeah, that's your opinion. I I just dropped in to tell Doc that we're rehearsing a pageant tomorrow night for Washington's birthday. A pageant, Mr. Wilcox? Yeah, I uh, wrote it myself, Molly. I'm going to play young George, and Doc's going to be his father in that famous historical scene, George Washington and the Cherry Pie. Well, I thought that was George Washington and the Cherry Tree. Yeah. Well, I've changed it just a little. Oh. Yeah, modernized it. Oh, I see. In my scene, young George brings his father a juicy, luscious cherry pie that he baked. 
Oh, yeah. Well, that is a slight change. <laughs> sort of like Napoleon delivering the Gettysburg Address. Well, anyhow, young George brings in this wonderful cherry pie, and mm-hmm. his father asks him how he made such a perfect one. I cannot tell a lie, says young George. I did it with my Reynolds wrap. <laughs> oh, why, you wrote this one all right. You really did. <laughs> well, George explains to his father how he put a sheet of Reynolds wrap, that pure aluminum foil, under the pie plate in the oven uh-huh. to catch any juice that bubbled over. And his father is just fascinated. It's a scene that really grips you. Did you say grips or gripes? <laughs> grips, pal. That's what I thought you said. Yes, grips. So, Mr. Washington wants to go right out to the kitchen and bake a pie himself, but young George gives him a warning. Uh-huh. Only use enough Reynolds wrap to put under the pie plate, he says. Oh. Don't line the whole oven with it, or even the bottom of the oven. You'll cut off the heat, he says. Should have cut off the dialogue. Boy, this is getting to be... Well, well, anyway, as the scene closes, as the scene closes, we see the Washingtons, father and son, leaving for the Mount Vernon General Store to buy more Reynolds wrap, which comes in standard size rolls and jumbo economy rolls, and also heavy-duty Reynolds wrap, half a yard wide. You like it, pal? Personally, I think I've got a hit on my hand. Personally, I think you ought to get a hit on the head. <laughs> Nothing like that ever happened. Why, of course you? not. No. All that about the cherry pie and the aluminum is very interesting, but why didn't you write a scene about the cherry tree and the hatchet? Yeah. Well, for a very simple reason, Molly. The Reynolds people don't sell hatchets. <laughs> so long now. Yeah. <laughs> Lawyer lad, isn't he? Yeah. He knows which side his aluminum is buttered on. <laughs> Oh, God, I wish some more patients would come in. Get kind of dull here with nothing. Why don't you take off that white coat and relax? No. Or better still, just take off. <laughs> For the Elks Club. No. I'm afraid you... Oh, good afternoon, madam. Oh, how do you do? Do you have an appointment? Uh, no, I just hoped I might find the doctor in and not too busy. Uh, can you see me now, doctor? Me? Oh, sure, I can see you fine, sis. <laughs> can you see me all right? Uh... Pretty well, Doctor. Mm -hmm. I suppose I should consult an oculist, really. But I saw your sign out here, and I thought I'd ask. Well, if you want Dr. Gamble, ma'am... It's okay, Nurse Driscoll. I'll talk to her. Thank you, Doctor. I seem to be having a little trouble lately with myopia. (laughs) Trouble with your what, sis? Myopia, dearie. Says she has myopia. What would she be doing with your opium? She's got one of her own. <laughs> now, what seems to be the matter with it, sis? I say I have it, doctor. Have what? Myopia. Well, that's perfectly normal, sis. We all got them. <laughs> as long as yours don't bother you, don't worry about it. <laughs> I don't think you know what you're talking about. What? In fact, I don't think you're even a doctor at all. What? We didn't say he was a doctor. He's just the here sign to... on your door says doctor. Yeah, but but Doctor George Gamble, M.D. But but I'm going right to the newspapers with this, you phony. But 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 I'll have you run out of town, you you fake. But 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 you can turn off your motor now, Doctor. <laughs> The King's Men, and with a song in my heart. Though I know that we meet every night, and you couldn't have changed since the last time, you're in 
increasingly sweet So whenever we happen to meet When we meet, I greet you With a song in my heart I behold your adorable face Just a song at the start But a hymn to your grave When the music swells I'm touching your heart It tells me you're standing near At the sound of your voice Heaven opens its portals to me I help but rejoice that a song such as ours came to be. But I always knew I would live like gold with a song in my heart. off that white coat like the doctor said. Now, Mayor Latrivia is due for an appointment in about five minutes. Hello, Miss Ogilvy. Will you tell Dr. Dr. Why, Molly. <laughs> Hello, Mr. Mayor. We were expecting you. Yeah, take off your coat, Latrivia. I'll check your pulse, blood pressure, and bank account. <laughs> what goes on here? If you're taking over Dr. Gamble's practice, McGee, not on me, you don't. <laughs> no, Mr. Mayor. Miss Ogilvy didn't show up today, and the doctor asked me to handle his phone for him. Oh, well, tell the doctor. The doctor's all... uh, busy today, so I'm handling the preliminary stuff for him. What do you need, boy? An operation? Hand me that scalpel off the desk there, Mom. What? I want to sharpen a pencil to take down his symptoms. <laughs> the only symptom I have, McGee, is a recurring one, which is quite often induced by such unexpected encounters with you as this present one. It is a slight sensation of nausea. Oh. Well, gee, thanks, Homer. <laughs> you ain't just saying that because you admire me. <laughs> Believe me, I'm not. No. Now, Molly, is the doctor ready for me? Because I have about 40 minutes before an appointment with the governor. What do you want to see the doctor about, Madrid? Oh, just a checkup. Oh, a checkup. Yes, I work hard and I want to keep fit. You do look a little tired, Mr. Mayor. Oh, well, I'm not tired at all. I feel fine. I don't like his color, Molly. Think we ought to call Doc out here right away? Oh, no. He'll be all right until what's the doctor... The, uh, what's the matter with my color? Oh, it's all right. If you like chartreuse. <laughs> no, stop it. My secretary commented on my healthy coloring just as I left the office to come here. Oh? Really, Mr. Mayor? What'd she say? Uh, well, she said, honey, you have a... Yeah. <laughs> Your honor, she said oh. Those rosy cheeks just fascinate <laughs> Anyhow, I feel fine <laughs> So if you'll kindly Molly, tell the doctor you Molly did Oh, there you are, Latrivia Waiting for you Oh, hello, doctor McGee, take off my white jacket Oh, I'm I told there. you once to take that off I'm and not you Put, put down that stethoscope Molly, why don't you make him behave? Well, I'm trying to, Doctor. Doctor, Doctor, if you please, I have a meeting at the Ritz Vista Hotel at 3 p.m. with the governor and his staff. 
It is now 2.20. Can we get started with my checkup? Oh, I'm sorry, Latrivia. Go inside. Yes, sir. Say, Molly, if the cleaners aren't here in the next half hour, call them again, will you? Yes, Doctor. And if you can't keep little Warthead here out of trouble, I'll bring him a cone. Maybe that'll keep him quiet. An ice cream cone? No, an ether cone. Oh. Oh. <laughs> yeah. You're awfully quiet, dearie. What are you looking at? Oh, these x-ray pictures. Gee, these are the funniest bunch of pictures of afternoon, ma'am. Eagle cleaners. You got the wrong place, bud. We got no dirty eagles here. <laughs> we don't really clean eagles, sir. That's just the name of our cleaning establishment, the Eagle Cleaners. Oh. Get the doctor's suit, McGee. It's in the inside office there. I'll get it if No, you... no, you stay right where you are, Molly. I'll get it. Where did Doc say he... Oh, here it is. There you are, bud. Coat, vest, and pants. Doc wants it cleaned and pressed, and when can he have it back? Well, I have some more pickups, and I won't get to the shop with it till about six. I think he can have it back tomorrow, though, late. Well, good enough. Bye. Go on. Well, I'm glad we got the cleaning attended to, anyhow. This is a fairly busy place. Yeah, but boy, have you kept track of the dough that old Doc's made today? He's had Latrivia in there going over him for over half an hour. That poor guy alone will get stuck for a hundred bucks, maybe. Oh, money means nothing to the mayor. No? He'll come strolling out here in a few minutes in that blue pinstripe suit of his as dapper as you please. On his way to see the governor. Uh, pinstripe suit? He did have on a pinstripe suit, didn't he? Yeah. You, uh... You suppose he took it off in there? Well, they usually do for an examination, so I suppose... Help me out of this white jacket. Quick, that's it. Hand me my coat off of the desk there. Grab my hat. What? What's all the... Now, throw this stethoscope in the drawer. Get your hat. Come on, hurry up. What goes on? I got no time now, Mike. Have you seen the mayor's clothes? Now, don't answer, Molly. Don't you answer. You don't mean... McGee? No. Bring in my suit. What did you do with my clothes? Don't you come out here looking for it, Homer. My wife is out here. <laughs> McGee, you didn't. Yeah, I sent the previous post to the cleaners by mistake. You coming? McGee, you can't run away. Yeah. The only decent thing to do is go in there next time. No. McGee, bring me my clothes. Well, come on, kiddo. I'll see you at home. Before I get your living Fibber and Molly return in a moment. If you are keeping track of your fuel bills this winter, you know that $40 doesn't go very far. And yet, $40 can go very far toward cutting down those fuel bills and make your home much more comfortable the year around. $40 is about all it costs for enough Reynolds aluminum reflective insulation to do the attic of an average six-room house. Say four rolls, 250 square feet to a roll. This aluminum foil, bonded to strong craft paper, is highly efficient. It reflects up to 95% of radiant heat. Reflects the furnace heat back inside your house in winter, throws off the sun's heat in summer. And it's clean, easy, and pleasant to handle. You can staple it up quickly yourself. Just drive over to your building supplies dealer and ask for Reynolds Aluminum Reflective Insulation. You know, you can bring those four rolls home on the seat of your car. For more information, write to Reynolds Metals Company, Louisville 1, Kentucky. Did you see 
this story about Mayor Latrivia in the paper tonight, McGee? No, what's it say? What's it say? Well, the headline says, Mayor Latrivia snubs governor. Uh-oh. Says, after waiting an hour for Mayor Latrivia, yeah. so he could appoint him to the State Park Commission, Governor Morton changed his plans and declared the mayor unsuited for the appointment. <laughs> declared him what? Unsuited. Boy, they don't know how true that was. <laughs> Good night. Good night, all. The Reynolds Metals Company, pioneers of progress through aluminum, brings you Fibber McGee and Molly each week at this time. Reynolds Aluminum also brings you Mr. Peepers, starring Wally Cox on NBC television Sunday night. See your local paper for Time and Channel. And don't forget to be with us again next Tuesday night. Good night. This program was transcribed. Tonight, play Two for the Money with Herb Schreiner on NBC.